Hi, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Innovate Finance uh, in conversation with SWIFT. Uh, this is our weekly podcast here at Innovate Finance, where we speak with some of the experts across industry about the future of financial services and the future of fintech. I'm Janine Hurt. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Innovate Finance, and I'm really delighted to have with me today Vikesh Patel, who's head of UK and Ireland at SWIFT. Now, Vikesh, you have a phenomenal background, actually. Uh, you have years of experience across industry, spent some time at Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, I believe, and also several years at HMT. So thank you again for joining us. Really interested in hearing your perspective on, on COVID and the future of financial services in general. I think let's begin by talking a little bit about SWIFT and how you've evolved as an organization. Uh, SWIFT has been bringing together the financial community really since 1973, and I believe now carries over 5 billion financial messages a year. So the financial services industry has obviously evolved tremendously in that time, with innovation now happening at an ever-increasing rate. How have you changed as an organization over the years, and what are your key priorities right now? Great, and thanks, Janina. Thanks to Innovate Finance. It's a real pleasure to be here and uh, to be able to talk to the Innovate Finance membership. Um, so, yeah, I think you know, as a fintech, you know, we've we've grown like most fintechs have grown. We started off um, in the seventies with a single unifying purpose, which is always a good way to start. We wanted to kill the telex, and that's what people wanted us to do. And um, you know, we were pretty successful at that with the community approach, with the support of our members, which is still very much in our DNA. And as we've grown and we were able to provide value add services, um, able to mutualize some of the um, services we could provide at scale to the community, we've just been on an ever increasing journey and then underpinned by standards and the need to create good solid standards for cross border business of any kind we've really started to just grow and flourish and kind of, you know, support the community and being able to really return some, some economic benefits back. Um, you know, what are we looking at now in terms of, you know, innovation and things like that? And, you know, I'm sure we'll go into a bit more of this later, but really our mindset is, is that of a grown up FinTech now. You know, we talk about responsible innovation at Swift a lot, having a business purpose that drives your technology roadmap, that drives the innovation that you do. At Swift, we feel we now have 40 years of knowing what it means to work in a regulated environment, to support customers who are in an increasingly regulated environment, to understand some of the challenges around customer experience as well, and offer some insights and services. So that continues to be our kind of overriding mission, and we continue to evolve our strategy along those lines. Fabulous, because I love that, the idea of a grown-up fintech. Um, I'm quite interested and curious to hear a bit more about how you're working with your partners uh, within the fintech community, but really across the wider financial innovation community itself to achieve some of these key goals. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'd go back to the point I just made around our DNA. So we were created as a community-driven um, organization. We're a, we're, a, we're a cooperative. You know, we, we exist to take um, whatever, whatever the challenge is to support our members. And with that in mind, when we think about partnering with fintechs we've we've always worked on standards those are open standards for the good of the community so when we look at the development of services around that whether it's payment securities fx there is that angle that's always built around a common data dictionary 
The other side of it is we know that actually by, by being an open ecosystem, that's the way the future is. We don't feel that Swift, that closed loop systems are really going to survive the test of time. They may do for a period, but inevitably, you know, that cooperation, the ability to enrich your, your service, your platform through partnerships will just scale your ability to add value. An example of that is APIs. You know, we, we last year um, launched um, our open API platform, which allows through developer toolkits, through sandboxes, the, the, the community to use 2022 based data dictionaries, but to really start to innovate around APIs and how they could help um, uh, with business processes. Um, whether that's value adding services or even actually the consumption of Swift. Some of our products and services you can now consume through APIs. And last year we had over a billion API calls made by Swift users, um, which is huge. And I had to, you know, pose some really good, interesting challenges for us about the infrastructure, but you know, all resilient and secure. So, you know, that's that's an example. Really interesting, Vikesh. I mean, you talked a bit there about open APIs and technology. Um, how are you using other new technologies such as AI, ML to drive efficiencies? So I know, for example, Swift, you obviously hold very rich payment data and you're now enabling corporates to gain further insights into their incoming payments uh, as part of Swift's GPI inbound tracking service. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a bit more about what that is and why it's so important? Yeah. Um, and you know, if I take the first part around kind of machine learning and AI, you know, I think the power of computing just exponentially grows. So Moore's law continues to be the norm and, and holds true. And as we see that, and actually when we look at standards in 2022 as the language that the payments industry and actually the securities industry too is moving towards, what that allows you is for richer, faster, more smarter algorithms to be created and to to interrogate standardized data sets so actually the power to be able to use that is actually growing really quickly now because we are sorting out the quality of the data um, so that's the first thing you know and that was really an obstacle that we felt and we're using that a lot in our in our in our organization and to give a couple of examples of where we're using it you know we are using things like um, natural language processing in the way that you know we interrogate some of the data some of the unstructured data we have so in swift messages we still have a few free text boxes and actually using some of those technologies allows us uh, smarter quicker processing we're also looking at kind of AI from a predictive um, um, perspective in terms of fraud. So how can we use some of that to look back over a period of time to give an indication of potential threats in the future? I know it kind of sounds a bit like minority reports, but it's not quite um, quite like, you know, pre-cogs working out what's going to happen. But you can actually get into a lot of that um, and use some of that. So that's the technology side and actually, you know, indicators uh, are powerful. You raise a really good point around GPI inbound tracking and that that is really a corporate service that we're, we're super excited about. This allows corporates and more specifically corporate treasurers the ability to see payments coming into them, the ability to actually manage some of their liquidity and actually deploy capital for actual really, uh, you know, growth purposes so if they know payments are coming in and they can take some degree of certainty and they can see where it is on its journey they might take different cash management decisions liquidity decisions 
Secondly, they can see status updates. So actually, they don't necessarily need to ring people up the wrong the chain, you know, thereby reducing friction, stress, um, and all those factors that are there. They can see some of the fees that may be lifted um, along the journey and actually see actually how's that going to process against, you know, what they're expecting. So that whole transparency, reducing friction and liquidity management uh, are really the key elements here. And we've got, had great feedback from our corporate treasurers today uh, around the service. And, you know, we'll continue to, to grow that with, our, with the financial institutions and banks who are fully supportive as well. That's excellent. I look forward to hearing hearing more about how that develops. I know, Vikesh, that at Swift, you're constantly working on improving security measures, and you recently launched a customer security program. Can you tell us also a bit more about that and, and what else you're doing at Swift to really combat a cyber threat? Yeah, sadly, the bad guys are still out there. Um, and, you know, they are, you know, increasing in frequency, the ways that they are, you know, trying to probe and push people's infrastructure they're getting sophisticated about the ways in which they may sit there for weeks months longer um, and actually that that whole angle has become increasingly more prevalent i mean people have spent a lot of money and i want to recognize that a lot of time money and intellectual power trying to correct this and and meet the challenges that are coming and that continues to be the norm in our experience of this when we talk about the customer security program this is its third year of existence and we started this really to secure the endpoints of the swift ecosystem um, you know the strength of a platform or a network is always driven by the strength of the weakest party on that network and we wanted to provide tooling to help people not just say hey you're you're potentially a weak element on the network but actually to guide and, and coach people and give them tools to baseline and increase the baseline of security so through the csp there's three angles the first angle is kind of securing your own infrastructure and that's important the second angle is is securing your relationships with others so how do you use the data that's there around your control environment where we swift say hey here are some controls that we think are sensible for you to meet and how do we use that in due diligence or KYC processes? And we're seeing a lot more of that. And the third angle is information sharing. How do we get the information out quickly on potential threats and vulnerabilities without compromising on anonymity? And we are, we've got a portal that does that. And we, we share it out quickly. And here I think a lot like the airline industry where within a day, I mean, those who've read Black Box Thinking will see it in there that the airline industry, you know, within 24 hours, 48 hours after a problem, share it irrespective of the airline. This plane on this model found this issue. Here is the corrective measure or beware. And it's the good of the community. And we feel that's a key part of our role as well. So those are the three pillars. Um, and, you know, we will continue to evolve that program year on year as we are. So, you know, we, we, we do our best, I guess. So, Vikesh, let's talk a bit about COVID-19 um, and really the impact that the coronavirus of this crisis have had on SWIFT uh, and where you see really the impact on financial services as a whole. And secondly, you've had such a broad wealth of experience and background, and you've seen other crises as well. Are there any key learnings that you've taken away from previous crises that you can bring to this one? 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's a it's a challenging question and a challenging time more to that. And actually, you know, first first and foremost, you know, the pandemic is unprecedented and is a represents unfortunately a huge loss of life. Um, and that that is that is upsetting and, and sad to see as we continue to see spikes around the world. Um, and also the behavioural impact it's had because we've all been isolating and that has an impact on us as people and humans. But from a financial services perspective, you know, there's two aspects here from the economy and from the business sense. When, when I talk to our customers and clients, the challenges out there are, you know, how, how can organisations ensure lending is out to the SMEs? How can you ensure that you know, the real world impact that may take months, years to, to really try and kind of get back to where we were. How can we work together to accelerate that? And again, like innovation, that's a partnership. It's got to be an open, collaborative, good of the industry, good of the good of good of humanity, good of good of the economy kind of concept. Um, secondly, I'd say that actually we're seeing that, you know, a lot more focus will be put on what matters you know with 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 those constraints you really have to focus on what is the thing that you are going to do that matters or the things so the prioritization process takes on an even more important role and then lastly at swift you know we continue to you know double down triple down on our core principles um, as a platform one that it's got to work so our investment on resiliency security scalability continues to be there secondly people have got to come back and use swift so you know we want to make sure the ease of use is there that we are looking at new ways such as cloud apis to make it easy to, to communicate with swift and on swift and lastly we've got to innovate and we talked about responsible kind of grown-up fintechs that's the three pillars for us and it's going to be a tough ride i think but you know um, my experience, as you said, from other other incidents and crises, I think the key to this is communication, you know, having a unifying purpose, communicating well with your with your teams, with your stakeholders, with your clients um, and really, really focusing on what matters. I think that's going to take a really big, important role. Yeah, Vikesh, I, I absolutely echo that. And, and something we've been talking a lot about at Innovate Finance since this crisis hit was really how fintechs or grown-up fintechs, be it as they may, uh, can provide a set of solutions to help us navigate through to the other end of this crisis. So, so definitely focused on, on highlighting and showcase some of the ability for fintech to help us take wider society through, through and navigate this new normal. Um, you talked a little bit about it just then in terms of ensuring good communication across your stakeholders, across your team as well. But throughout this series, we've, we've delved into the questions of leadership, particularly in the face of a crisis and how important the role of culture is to a company's success. Can you tell us more about how you inspire and motivate your team at Swift? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I've actually spent quite a lot of time today talking to some of my team around this because, um, you know, it's something that we hold ourselves to really think about how are we as a, how are we leading people? So really, I think there's a few things that we do and I try and encourage the environment for more than anything. So the first one is honesty, having a forum where you can have honest discussions. When you are in a remote footing, when everyone is working at home or from different locations, that takes on a new level of importance. 
um, and giving people the, the platform to do that. Secondly, to be clear on the mission objective, right? What is it you want to do? When you're all working remotely and you've got an honest environment, you still need to have anchors. You need to know this is where we want to get to, and that's really important. Um, focusing on what matters I touched on, that's really important. You know, leadership in this kind of high stress, challenging, uncertain environment where not only is the environment, the economy around you shifting, but the way you're working is unsettled and, um, and different, you know, it just means you need to have that. The last, uh, the, the, the last thing I'd say is flexibility and patience, really. You know, you've got to go with the punches. You've got to be able to, you know, I remember the kind of famous Muhammad Ali saying that everyone has a strategy until you get punched in the face. You, <laughs> you, you've just got to be able to realize, right, you're prepared. Things are just going to happen. And be patient. Be patient with yourselves, your colleagues and others. And as a parent, patience that i've learned over the last three months you know when i need to be on a webex like this um like we're doing now on a podcast i have told my 10 year old and eight year old not to log on to any internet or wi-fi on the risk that the bandwidth drops and i drop this call so you know you just have to kind of learn new muscles that you don't really know you had to i love that honesty flexibility patience focusing on what matters be clear on the mission very very good Rakesh. Now, looking into the future, what do you think the payment space will look like a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? And is there anything more that you think the UK needs to do to ensure that we remain competitive, competitive uh, both in the payment space and really across financial services? Yeah, and um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough question, you know, and um, I think, you know, the building blocks for the for, for where we are going, I think, are there. You know, there is a there's a lot of disruption. There's a lot of technology innovation happening. There's a lot of opportunities out there in the payments landscape. So where does that take us? I think it takes us to probably two or three different pillars. The first one is: Will the core infrastructure changes that we are looking at are they going to happen? at the right pace? Have we missed anything? Do we need to accelerate anything? And thankfully the industry is looking at all of that, whether it's the high value payment system in the UK, whether it's the work that pay.uk are looking at, whether it's the ISO migrations, all of those things are in trade and we have the ability to, to look at that. Secondly, I think there is a customer experience lens here. And I think this will increasingly play itself out in the payments landscape. And I remember when I was talking to kind of um, a bank recently, um, and actually Charlotte herself kind of talks a lot about this, right? That, you know, that the future insights are going to be seeing your account, seeing that I may be spending 500 pounds on rent. Someone saying, hey, for 500 pounds, you can get a mortgage of this. Then I, then I, then someone else coming in and saying, hey, here are some houses or or flats that you can buy for that mortgage in your area. And then saying, hey, by the way, would you like us to book you up with a mortgage advisor and book you up some viewings? Now, that may be two, three, four, five years away, but that's the kind of insight-driven, customer experience-driven experience I think people are looking for, that seamless ability to give them some insight and some choice into what's happening. So I think that piece will play out increasingly. 
and the last thing is I think the industry will continue to look at places and ways and organizations and hopefully SWIFT continues to be one of those places that can offer them scale, resiliency, security um, and can you know take some of the, the challenges away from them and give them a, a, an exponential return from choosing organizations that can help them. So all in all, I think it's going to be an exciting time. I, I call myself a payment geek and I think now is a great time to be a payment geek for the next few years. Thanks, Vikesh. So last question, is there anything specifically on the horizon for SWIFT that we should be really excited about coming forward? Yeah, so I think, you know, SWIFT, you know, we've, um, we're embarking on a, on a continuation of our journey. We're looking to accelerate and have a new uh, strategic in, in, um, ambition endorsed by our board. And that really is that we want to we want to transform cross-border transactions. And really, by doing that, we want to create end-to-end -end instant frictionless experiences. Going back to the customer experience point I just talked about. I'm picking that a level further. Really, we want to be able to take friction out of the uh, of, of the um, ecosystem, connect up, potentially, um, as we've been doing recently, connect up domestic payment schemes as well, and really offer choice into the into the community. So, you know, with with four billion accounts over our network, eleven thousand customers, there's huge potential there. Um, and we're really excited, all underpinned by security, resiliency, and you know, mature innovation. Excellent. Well, Vikesh, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Coffee with Innovate Finance. Do look out for upcoming episodes. And in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn or check out our website at innovatefinance.com for more on our upcoming events and programs. Until next time, please stay safe and stay well.